So I gave two reasons last week that inequality of outcome, the 1% owning 90% of the money, or the people sitting on their piles of gold, however you want to label them, aren't bad. Why isn't it a bad thing that they have so much money? The first reason I gave was, we are viewing it from a perspective that the economy is measured by money. I explained that that is a fallacy because I'm considered poor in the United States and I have everything I want. Therefore, standard of living should measure the economy and not cash. And that's not just an anecdote. How many quote-unquote poor Americans can eat every day that have every household appliance and an iPhone? and are considered poor in poverty. Now that we are measuring our wealth by quality of life, we can get to the second reason, which is Bill Gates, by making Microsoft and improving my life is rich. Bill Gates is unable to get rich unless he improved millions upon millions of people's quality of life. So there's the review of the video I did last week on my Facebook. Um, my, my buddy left a comment and he said I should try out this new podcast. Um, and I like things like this, so I decided to give it a shot. I first tried it on my phone and that, that sounded like garbage. So we won't be doing that. We'll be using my, my computer setup with mic and audacity and just see how it sounds, see how it goes. It's a cool program. It looks cool. So I want to use it. That's, that's the only reason. So, <clears throat> Let's start over today's topic, and that's ranting over privatization. And with privatization, let's talk about the most important privatization, which I would argue is the schooling system. Why should we, pub why should we privatize public schools? So here, here are my reasons. Public schools take agency from the parents. Public schools stifle innovation. Public schools ties the teacher's hands behind their back. Public schools are unable to fire bad teachers. Private schools have to raise prices currently to be able to compete against government funding. Or, if you don't want to look at it like that, private schools have the ability to raise their prices as long as the majority of schools don't have to compete to bring those prices down. Public schools require money from the taxpayers. Public schools do more harm to children than good through stifling their curiosity. Public schools are ineffective at waste management. <clears throat> now, let's, let's break each of those topics down one by one and see where it gets us, okay? So, public schools take agency away from the parents. So... When, when you are part of a district with a public school, um, you, you generally have to be a part of that. You can yank your kid out and take them to a private school, but you have to have an obscene amount of money. And the reason you have to have an obscene amount of money to put them in private school is because having a public entity jacks up the market. It's done it with everything. It just did it recently when Venezuela did that with their oil and their their crops and everything else, basically. It did that in Soviet Russia. We have empirical proof that when you publicize a utility or, or a product, it ends up uh, to the detriment, and it ends up screwing with the market. And the reason it screws with the market is because there is no... Um, there is no 
First of all, the supply and demand screwed up. Second of all, the competition screwed up. So the competition is screwed up because who's competing? Well, the the private schools are competing with each other, and the private schools are also competing with the public schools who get subsidies from the government. So when you're competing with that, what do you have to do to stay in business? You have to raise your prices, or the or the parents are just gonna, or you just can't afford to be in business anymore. So that's a conundrum because at the same time you have to lower prices, or you're not gonna get anybody at your school. So that's why you're having a limited number of people go to private schools because affordability. So. It's just not practical for the average parent to send their kids to private school when when you can say public schools have an unfair advantage. Or if you don't like to put it that way, private schools have the ability to raise their prices because whatever, the market. So, let's let's continue on this note. As a parent, say you're in inner city Philly and I live there. Or Chicago, I live there too. Or even freaking Virginia Beach area around Portsmouth. All right, these schools are shit. Okay, you don't want to send your kids there. You don't want to. They're bad schools. They're bad. I wouldn't say. You, you have to have a certain type of heart to be a teacher. Okay? So I won't go as far as saying the teachers are bad. But the structure they are in is so bad, it's of detriment to the students. Okay? No freedom. Bad food. Okay? Uh, stifling their curiosity. These are bad things that happen in these inner city public schools. And the evidence is in their testing scores. The evidence is in their violent crime rates. Alright? School is not a conducive environment for learning and growing as a person. So you're a parent of one of these children. What do you want to do? Well, you want to take them out of that school and put them somewhere else. But you don't have the means, okay? Say you do pretty well for yourself. You know, you make 40K, 50K a year, okay? You do pretty good. Let's leave out the divorce rate. Let's pretend you have a husband, okay? These private schools can raise their prices or have to raise their prices as much as they want because the market is screwed up because they're competing against a school that gets subsidies. Okay? Or because they don't have enough competition to bring the prices down. So whichever way you want to look at it, I don't know which one. Either way works. Either way, it's one or the other, really. So you can't bring them to a private school. You have to work. So you can't homeschool them. So what are your options? Well, you can move, pick up your whole life, and try to find another job, roll the dice, or you can keep your kids right there in that school. You have to. It's a horrible decision to make, but it's the only rational decision you have. So it takes away agency from the parents who knows, you know as a parent, all you young parents my age, you know that as a parent, you know what's best for your kids. You know that. And no one would even... No one would have luck arguing that point against you. Imagine somebody coming up to you and be like, you know, I really don't think you know what you're doing as a parent. Immediately, you would go, Ree! freak out everywhere. 
So, let's go to the second point. Public schools stifle innovation. How do they do this? So, let's say you own a plastics company, right? And in order to get business from all these various um, um, different plastic companies to sell your little plastic parts to, you have to be innovative. You have to be continually at the top or those companies will drop you and go to somebody else. So, the reason you have to be competitive is because there's other plastic companies in the industry. You have to compete against them. They're trying to do the same thing as you. They're trying to get the same business as you. The person that gets that business is going to the going to be the better, more reputable, more effective, um, overall more efficient plastic manufacturer. They're going to get the business. And what happens if they don't get any business? What happens if they just can't innovate enough? Well, they're going to go out of business. Okay? And that's a good thing that they go out of business. It's bad for them, but it's good for the economy. And why is that? Because the consumer now gets the best product for the cheapest price. Okay? Which does what? Going back to yesterday's or the day before's Facebook video, it raises standard of living. Okay? Schools do not have that competition. They do not have that competition to innovate. They do not have their backs against the wall to stay in business. Okay? If they're worried about going out of business, they just vote and they, they get a little bit more money to keep their heads above water. Or they write off some things. Okay? They can't. They don't innovate. They don't have a reason to innovate because the government gives them the guidelines and the purviews that they have to stay in. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. Just getting over an illness. So, let's go to public schools tie ties the teachers' hands behind their back. Teachers, much like employees in, let's say, a plastic company are able to see different processes. They're able to compare their environment with their methods with, with the individuals that they're teaching to and innovate. So say this, this company has employees, all right? Say a part drops out and an employee has to bend over and pick it up and trim it and clean it and attach it to another part and put it on a box, okay? Over time, the employee is going to see methods to make that better. Maybe the employee will see a way where they don't have to bend over. They can gather 30 in a box and then do it real quick. Or they can request a robot that will pick it up for them and do certain things for them and make the process better. Okay? When a government comes in and when a bureaucracy of any kind comes in and legislates from afar... They cannot see this process that the teachers see. So maybe the teacher wants to use a different method. Okay? They can't because their hands are tied because the government may give them certain leeway on some things but not on others. Okay? You have a curriculum. You have stringent guidelines that you have to follow and maybe that stifles innovation. Okay? 
Maybe it ties the teacher's hands behind their back to where they can't innovate or they can't improve the process. Alright, so let's go to the next reason. Public schools are unable to fire bad teachers. Now, unable, I wouldn't say is probably the correct word. It's probably me hyper-exaggerating like I tend to do to get my points across. Sometimes, don't try to use that against me as a club later. So, what happens? Alright, so, so you, there's a process to fire teachers. You can't just out and fire them. Maybe you have to give them a warning first. Maybe there are certain guidelines by the government you have to follow in order to get rid of a teacher. Maybe you have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt in some weird pseudo court <clears throat> that they're a bad teacher. Okay? Because because we're in this weird system now where if if a teacher's bad, you, it has to be... <laughs> It has to be incredibly bad for them to just get rid of a teacher. And even then, it still takes weeks or months to process them out. And and this is just because of the guidelines and, and the rules. Okay, this is bad. If a teacher is bad, uh, the person that has the risk, that is taking the risk for the company, should be able to fire who they want when they want. All right, but because they're not adherent to their boss, they're adherent to the government, and that changes things. So let's let's call that a micro point. Let's call that a point that matters, but not part of the overall view. So let's go over public schools require money from the taxpayers. <laughs> And to do this, I think we need to talk about positive and negative rights. All right, what is a positive right? Positive right requires something of you to give to someone else. A negative right requires nothing of anyone else, but it's just something you can do, like speech. My speech requires nothing of you. I can just speak, and it's fine. All right, healthcare. Freaking education, whatever. It requires something of somebody else, a service from a multitude of other people, not just someone else, a multitude of other people to give to someone else. That may or may not deserve it. That may or may not take advantage of it. That may or may not be grateful for it. Okay? You don't get to know any of that. You shell out money. It goes into the ether. It's spent however it... However, the bureaucracy wants, and and somehow you're supposed to feel like you did a morally good thing at the end of the day. Well, let me tell you, I am confused on how it is moral to take someone's else else's money, but immoral to say don't take anyone's money. That that's always been confusing to me. All right, don't like the libertarian argument? Freaking look at it from a pragmatic point of view. Okay. Couple it with all of these other things, put it together so it's not by itself, and then I think you'll have have your answer on to why this point is correct if you just are afflicted to libertarian arguments. Put it with the other arguments. It's starting to make sense now, right? You're taking agency. You're tying teachers' hands behind their backs. You're stifling innovation. On top of that, you have to do all of this, you have to 
tax. You have to take from someone else. All right? So I want to add a point in here, and that point is, well, oh, I'll add that at the end. Let's go to the next one. Public schools do more harm to children than good through stifling their curiosity. Because the teachers aren't able to innovate, the kids aren't able to learn properly. The kids have to learn what the government wants them to learn. Is, is that too, too fiery of rhetoric for you? I mean, what else is it? Try to convince me that the government in charge isn't deciding what your kid learns. Who decided the curriculum? Okay, maybe you can say a bureaucracy of, of school board people to a certain extent. Okay, let's go with that. They aren't their parents. They aren't their teachers working with them every day. They don't know what is best for this kid. So, so another thing, uh, Christina Hoff Summers, which will make feminists screech. She's a leftist and a self-proclaimed feminist. And she says public schools treat boys like defective girls. Now, why is that? Well, girls are more inclined to sit in their chairs and learn from a PowerPoint. Okay, that's how they're set up. This isn't sexism. This is, this is biological makeup. This is neurology, okay? They're more suited to learn in that kind of environment, and boys are more suited to do the, the outside stuff and learn by doing things, yada yada. Or if you don't want to say that, boys are at least not suited to sit down and listen like the girls, okay? Now, say forget that argument. My point with this is that say everything, say you didn't disagree with me, okay? Say everything I said was true. The teachers, well, the students are unable to change anything, okay? They have to be stuck in that process. You don't want to use an example so fiery. Say um, they want to do something outside, but it requires permission slips and there's potential hazards and the public school decided that they don't want to take the risk and that it they can't do that okay you just took away learning chances from all of those kids to do something outside of the curriculum that may have been of great benefit to their lives all right so it so it just kills the children's curiosity sitting there like mindless zombies for eight hours a day eating shite food having two 15 minute recesses here here's your break from your prison as soon as you come into this world it's funny because we lock you up all right they should be out exploring learning things in their environment learning things that have to do with the world instead of this bs that is legislated that you teach your kids all right, public schools are ineffective at waste management. So because they don't have that competition, because they don't have to be as effective, let's say as effective, let's say they try to be effective, they don't have to be as effective as a business that is has their backs against the wall that are trying not to go out of business. There's a fight or flight aspect. It's like, oh shit, I'm about to go under and lose my livelihood. I have to be the most uh, efficient, effective business around. 
Let's just say they don't have that aspect and they try to be effective, but they just don't have that aspect. Okay? That means resources that they do have. Now, don't light me on fire. Yeah, it's hard to get them resources that they need. Some teachers have to buy their own resources. Why is that? Why are we complaining about that and not realizing that the root of that problem is because they're publicized? But besides that point, before I get on that tangent, the, the waste management, and I'm not just talking about resources, I'm also talking about time, all right? You have eight hours a day, and you can only get through 10 problems of math, okay? Or say you don't even want to measure it in math. How much more could I learn if I just changed the structure from a worksheet to an environmental learning practice that helps everybody? Okay? You don't have any of that. You waste time. You waste resources. And say it's not even on a teacher's level. What about um, custodial staff? Or what about ordering product? What about the macro version from, from the school board to the teacher? Okay, these, these are things to consider, and these, this is why taking a market out of anything that is a positive right, or let's not say positive right, taking the market out of anything that requires a service from someone else is of detriment to everybody. It's of detriment to the economy, to the people involved in the should-be market, to the students, to the teachers, okay? When Venezuela privatized their, their freaking farmland, when the USSR did it, okay? Why do these things fail? It's because there is a product, whether you think it's a right or not, there is a product, there is a service that is required. And when there is a service that is required, we need the best economic management tool we have and that's capitalism and right now we're not doing it because we get our feelings oh every kid deserves an education sure sure so if they can't afford this education there'll be another one in the market that will be a way lower price maybe it's less efficient maybe there's less cool technology but it will be a lower price that they can afford. If you can't afford an iPhone, you can get an off-brand flip phone. Okay? And they can go to school and they can get an education. Maybe they can do really well. And maybe they can impress people that will take notice and then pay for a really good education. Okay? Because right now, you have millions of kids in schools that are get getting zero education. They're not learning anything. They're illiterate. Okay, they join gangs. Their schools are trash. They're out of control. And it's a it's a self-feeding cycle of BS. And that's all because you wanted to feel superior morally to somebody else. So why isn't this even in the conversation? It's because people can't even consider it. They can't even fathom the fact that the market might be a better option for millions of kids all over the United States. They'll settle for this. It's not even mediocrity. It's horror. The public schools in the inner cities are 
it, it's a pure horror show. And they won't even consider that because they're too busy on their moral pedestal to even look down on us lowly plebs that say, hey, maybe there's a better way. Anyways, thanks for watching my first podcast. Have a good day.